Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob, Sister Gina, getting you ready for some more Talking with T-Bird. And today we've got another great interview for you because T-Bird has tracked down Gretchen Cordy from Survivor Borneo. So we're very excited to uh, bring you this interview with Gretchen. Now, before we get into this conversation, I just have to set up the opening to this podcast because it's a little bit unusual. I got done talking with T-Bird and Gretchen earlier, but my conversation with T-Bird started in a bit of an unusual way. Usually, we would start the podcast in a proper way, uh, such as this. But in my recording with T-Bird, as you can uh, hear from the clip, that she's just going to jump right into it before I even had a chance to set up what the podcast was going to be about. So uh, we are going to get right into that in uh, just a moment. We also have gotten a a number of submissions for a Talking with T-Bird theme song, which I'd like to play and get T-Bird's reaction. So uh, we will do that on the next time out of Talking with T-Bird. So uh, let's jump into my conversation with T-Bird and eventually Gretchen Cordy, which you're about to hear already in progress. Okay, so do you know what that noise is in the background? No, what is it, a blender? No, it's actually a popcorn popper. Okay, so this is what happened. So you know what my ritual is before we get started. Yes. I always have I have to go work out because I've got to be able to slow down, take some of the enthusiasm out so as not to scare our, our guests, and then I make popcorn. Well, today I got kind of behind because my husband was working with me on the technical stuff with our recording, so I got a little behind. So as I ask you this question, my popcorn's popping. So because you are a wealth of survivor knowledge, one question I wanted to ask you, don't look at anything. I'm feeling good. All my money's on you. I want you to see if you can name an actual... Well, is this, is this part be... of the podcast right now? Yes, it's going to be at the oh, beginning. Oh, I, I didn't know we started. <laughs> well, okay. well you, I mean, we're pre-recording, so you can take it as you want and do whatever you want with it. Okay. So, so okay. while my popcorn, while my popcorn is popping, as you hear it's in the background, I've got, a, I've got one question to ask you. So we I have no idea this was the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a okay, check of your survivor knowledge. Okay. So okay. while my popcorn's popping, I want you to name, and it does not have to be in order of how they were voted out, I want you to name the survivors that played on the very first Survivor Borneo. Okay. Well, I, I can tell you them in the order that they got voted out. It was Sonia, okay. BB. Yep. Stacy, yep. yep. Ramona, Dirk, yep. Yep. Joel, yep. and Gretchen, who we're going to be speaking to on this podcast, which I didn't know we started. And then yes. after that, it was Greg, yep. and then Jenna, and then yes. Jervis, yes. and then... Uh, Colleen, Colleen, that's what they, that's what Sean yes. said when he voted her out. And then Sean, and then Sue, and then Rudy, and then Kelly, and then Rich. Did I miss anybody? Okay, 
super impressed. But Rob, I told you going into it, my money was on you. That is a you got an A. You got a hundred percent. And guess what? My popcorn is complete. Okay. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Perfect timing. <laughs> and, and you got to show off your survivor knowledge. Yeah, I don't like so, to brag or anything. Well, you don't have to. I'm bragging on you myself. Yeah. All right. Another time so, I can probably do your season too, T-Bird. Well, let's don't get crazy. Okay. All right. So we're going to be talking with Gretchen Cordy. I'm very excited. A- any background you want to give us about tracking down Gretchen? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was, you know, it's it's funny. I have yet to actually physically talk to her. And I have been sending her messages, and I was thinking maybe we'll get started with her and then kind of relay how, you know, how you always say, this is kind of how this came about. And then I was going to let her know, you know, on the short list, she was on the very, very short list. There she was. And then, of course, I started, she was one of the first ones I started with months ago, months mm-hmm. ago. So I have aggravated her to death, to yeah. death. And she has been so nice because she she never was she was never rude or short with me, but I could tell she just wasn't sure about it. And so, but I thought, gotta have her. She's on the short list. We gotta have her. So finally, the other day, I sent her the longest message again, and I poured my heart into it into it this time, Rob. And then finally, I sat back, I waited, I waited, and finally, I don't know when it was, but I looked back, she had sent me two letters, two letters, okay, and I went crazy nuts, she, just okay with a little little wink, and, and we had her, and, and again, it's taken me months, months for her to agree to do this, so to say I'm excited is an understatement. Okay. All right, T-Bird, before we get Gretchen on the line, let me just thank our sponsor. And this is going to be perfect for you just in case that you get any of that popcorn stuck in your teeth and uh, have a hard time with that later on. I know you like to travel, and that's why I want to talk about Quip, which is not only the greatest electric toothbrush, but it's also great for traveling. A lot of people moving around this summer. And the thing about Quip is that it comes with a case that has a great cover, so you don't need to mess around with any of those junk store plastic covers that you put on a toothbrush because packing your toiletries in your dop kit, T-Bird, uh, somehow is always oh! a delicate game of stacking and space hacking. And don't get started with the uh, lotion exploding in that dop kit. That's why Quip electric toothbrushes work just as well at home as they do on the go because they've got a compact and wireless design that tucks away in the corner of your carry-on or even your back pocket if you're just spending the night and that three month battery life will last through uh, many weekends away uh the quip is the super futuristic toothbrush with the sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. What I love about the Quip is that it it pulses every 30 seconds so you know to move on to the next quadrant. I had no idea about the four quadrants before I started using a Quip. And it's got that cover that you can stick to the mirror in your bathroom to not take up any 
counter space. And best of all, the brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh to stay committed to your oral health because 75% of us use old worn out bristles that are ineffective. You don't want to go see Dr. Carl Balancione under those circumstances for a root canal, right? That's right. And, and guess what, Rob? Also, it's educated toothbrush, but you're not going to believe this. Gretchen Cordy's luxury item was a toothbrush. That's great. What? That's right. She's one of the lucky ones. Yes. Yeah. But yes. I bet it wasn't a quip, though. Uh, they got a kid's brush, too. So go ahead and uh, check it out. The quip is uh, fantastic. I love it. I don't want to go back to a boring, regular toothbrush. So go ahead and uh, give it a shot. Uh, I'm going to take my quip when I go to Minnesota uh, later on this month. That's how great it is for travel. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Rob, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Rob. All right. T-Bird, are you ready to uh, bring in Gretchen? Do you have a, a introduction yes. for her? Yes, of course. Okay. Of course all right. I so do. I will. All right. Let, let's bring her in. I'll, I'll, let me turn it over to T-Bird. All right. At the end of May 2000, this little unknown CBS summer filler where 16 castaways from all different walks of life were dropped off, forced to fight the elements, build a society together while competing against each other for 39 days for a chance at a cool million dollars. Rob and I are so excited to have one of the original castaways slash pioneers slash trailblazers of a show that was simply titled Survivor. As the popularity quickly caught on, it was changed to Survivor Borneo to distinguish between each season that would soon follow. Today, we are so fortunate to be joined by Gretchen Cordy, a very likable, strong leader who just happened to have been a survival instructor for the U.S. Air Force. So even though Joel Klug, who was voted out on day 18, said, and I quote, Gretchen was not really built for the game of Survivor. And Rob and Gretchen, I'll explain this to you later. I've got a feeling that the entire production crew had big odds on this very impressive lady winning the title of Survivor only by looking at her credentials. So here we are. Gretchen Cordy, it's so exciting to have you on today. Thank you so much. Welcome, Gretchen. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's quite an introduction. Yes, yes. Uh, a T-Bird special. And Gretchen, I'm very excited to talk to you. And I have uh, been looking forward to uh, getting the chance to talk to you for some time. Well, thanks. I When Teresa kept asking, I kept saying, Teresa, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But... Obviously, Teresa did. So here I am. A lot of people care because uh, that we have not heard from you and very excited. You know, there's uh, such a reverence for everybody that played on your season. You got the ball rolling and somehow it's still going. Do you keep up with anything uh, Survivor still at this point? I don't. You know, I I haven't watched in a long time, but I do follow a lot of it on social media. So get kind of the inside story without the outside story. Can you give us the inside story that I know a number of the original Survivor contestants got together recently? Can you tell us about how that came together? 
we've been talking about it for a long time. Like, oh, we all need to see each other. We all need to see each other. And then finally, I think it was Jervis that said, okay, it's now or never. In fact, we were supposed to all get together and, um, and be on the Today Show or something. And I was really looking forward to that. And then um, I believe it was a school shooting or something happened and they canceled and for, for good reason. Mm-hmm. And, and then after that, you know, soon after that, BB passed away. And so we just figured, you know, th- th- who knows what's coming next. And so we invited everybody to my house this last uh, April, I think. And uh, a number of people made it and it was just a lot of fun. And it was like family. It was a lot of fun. And if memory serves, it was it was you, uh, Joel, Jervis, Ramona, Hatch and Sonia. Am I missing anybody? No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. A a wild crew. It was a wild crew. And, you know, a couple of them kept saying, well, we should go out. We should go out. And I'm like, no, I have everything we need here because I have to live here when it's all said and done. (laughs) I was afraid (laughs) to take the group out. Hey, Gretchen, and I saw some of the pictures from that wonderful weekend. And also you would have to talk Hatch into putting his clothes on because I saw pictures. It looks like he had his clothes on. (laughs) He did. When um, everybody came in. He did. (laughs) <laughs> people came in and in, in sporadically and so when i went to the airport to pick up uh, ramona and jervis and we came back and walked into the house and then around the corner rich came out <laughs> with, with nothing on mm-hmm. and uh, just to say hello to everybody and nobody acted any different yeah. everybody was like hey rich how's it going <laughs> so gretchen did you get to witness that when you played in borneo did you see him without I mean, I, I didn't know time frame wise is when you know you were voted out. But did you see him walking around with no clothes on? And did it offend you or bother you? Um, I didn't. I didn't because I was only like one day when we merged. It was like, I don't know, one or three days or something. And he kept his clothes on the whole time. And that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. But I did see him previous to this trip when we did um, uh, the top 10 on the Letterman show, I mm-hmm. think when we did the finale, they did a top 10. And so, uh, yeah, he took his clothes off for that. T-Bird, have, have you ever gotten to witness that spectacle? I have not. Okay. Have oh. you? Oh yeah. Many, many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rob, I mean, so yes. Rob, did you find it offensive? Did you find it? I, I don't think I would offensive find it offensive. Offensive is not the I'd right like, word. Yeah. Did you like, find it so encouraging, what, what, what Rob? Did you find it? I felt. I felt <laughs> you, Rob, you yeah, I, I, I felt a lot of confidence uh, all confidence? of a sudden. Was it a, uh, was it a self-esteem builder? Rob? Yes, it was a self-esteem builder, most definitely. <laughs> uh, so, for a variety oh, of reasons. Okay, Gretchen, I, I vividly remember uh, the night that you were voted out. I think, as do many Survivor fans, as I think that a lot of us thought that you were going to take it, that you were sort of like the responsible adult on the party tribe. And a lot of people had uh, confidence in your abilities. And I think that one one of the things that happened as the legends go was that the Tagi tribe also was able to suss that out, that you were a real contender. But I think in a lot of people's minds, and I'm sure you must have heard this, that that was sort of a night that the entire uh, direction of the game shifted where, oh, we don't vote out people because they're annoying. We voted out somebody here because they were a threat to win. 
I, I had a lot of people say to me afterwards that they started watching. Oh, I never saw you. We started watching the next week because, <clears throat> excuse me, because people went to work the next day. They went to school the next day and they said, oh, my gosh. And that's when people started watching, you know, a lot of a lot of it picked up a lot after I <laughs> voted off. So. Yeah. If I recall, I remember that uh, hearing like Jeff Probst and Mark Burnett doing a lot of press around the merch. Like I think a lot of people were talking about the show. And then I feel like there was like a second wave of like this big PR push uh, to try to get people who hadn't been watching the show to get into it. So I think for a lot of people, your your boot episode was their first episode. And I think that uh, for a lot of people that this experience with the show is uh, very much attached to you and being so surprised that you went home. Um, it could be. Um, it doesn't get you a million dollars. No. But no, <laughs> no I, I... I was going to say, Gretchen, so you were the, the first voted out of a merge tribe, the first blindsided. Were you blindsided? Did you know it was going to happen? Did you Did you feel it coming? I guess I, you know, the day before we merged and I, I just remember being alone on the beach with my thoughts and I had two little ones at home that I just had never spent any time away from. And it was just, it was killing me on the inside. And I kept thinking, you know, people kept saying, well, do you, you know, should we, should we vote as a group? Should we whatever? And I just, I kind of lost my mojo at that point when, when people said afterwards, oh, you know, you, you know, you, you had it going on, you knew how to build the fire and you should have won. And it's like, no, I did. I should not have won. I was so, um, I was, I would think I was, I was very concerned about, um, how I would come across. Uh, and I, and I just, I remember rolling my eyes thinking, like, do you realize like certain people like Sue or whatever, do you realize that this is a TV show? Do you realize? And it turns out that everybody thought of it as a game and that every character on there was a character. And when we came off, it was, you know, it was like, Hey, Sue, you were so great. And Hey, and I just kept thinking this is that what that was a major mind blow for me is that, uh, is that when people watched it, they watched it as if it were a TV show. But when, and, and you know this, that when you're there, it's more personal than that. At least it, it was on the first one where there was no precedent for it. It seemed very, everything seemed very personal. Did you ever dream or imagine that Survivor would be a worldwide sensation or phenomenon? Did it ever, pro I mean, at all cross your minds? Any of any? Of no, your I, I know that it, it crossed, you know, like I know Joel was talking about it and you know, what's going to become of this? And, and it was while we were on the island and I just thought, I, I didn't even think of it as a TV show. You know, I was a huge fan of Mark Burnett's prior production, Eco Challenge. And I always thought I had wanted to do something like that, but it was, you know, you know, time away and it was expensive to, to get into it. And, and so I thought, oh, like, here's my free Eco Challenge. And when I went for my first interview, after I put my application in and got selected for the interview process and I had to drive to Chicago and I had to get a babysitter for my kids. And it was, you know, an expense that we didn't, you know, it's a hotel room and, but I decided to go ahead with it. And when I got there still thinking this was kind of a physical competition, um, like a survival competition, which I thought I'll be great at this. 
um, they would take you out, and I don't know if this is how it worked for you, but they took you out to ask you some pre-interview questions to see, you know, what line they should take when they got you into the major, like, filmed interview room. And so the questions were like, if you found out you were sleeping next to a lesbian, how would that affect you? And I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and so I was so pissed off by the time I got to the, because I thought, here I traveled all this way and I, you know, you know, spent money and whatever. And when I got into the interview room, I thought this is really not what it was professed to be. And so I was angry and I was, and I guess that's probably the reason I got selected <laughs> because I was not nervous at all. And I just, I just let them have it. And <laughs> then I, then I got another call, but yeah, it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. Gretchen, I had read that for your season, that about 6,000 people applied and 800 were interviewed in 16 different cities. So to think that they had such a big casting for the very first one and then took it down to 48 people, then to 16. So, you know, that you were one of 6,000 is, is quite impressive. Of course, again, with your background, I can certainly see why they would have put you in there. I think, you know, in fact, Mark Burnett had said that he didn't think that Americans had what it took, that even for a million dollars, that people would be quitting left and right. I think we've proven him way wrong since then. But mm -hmm. um, because it is, it's a lot of it is about the competition. I think a lot of people go there wanting to win and million dollars be damned. You know, it's it's just for the comp. People love competition. And so, but in, initially he was looking for people who had backgrounds that he thought would see them through to the end without quitting, like staunch individuals, mm -hmm. you know. Did anybody ever talk about quitting out there that you heard of at any time? Phoebe, the night before we, um, the night before we voted, or it was actually the day before we voted him off, uh, and he knew he wasn't popular, uh, he wasn't under any false, but he had said um, to Mark, I'm leaving. And Mark said, if you're leaving, you're going to quit in front of the camera. And he said, uh, I don't quit. And, and they had this big fight. He had called him over to fly off the main island to come and meet him. And they had this big drag out fight. And he said, you give me your phone now and I'm going to call because BB was, had money. And he said, I'm going to call. And I'm going to have a helicopter come in and pick me up right now. And Mark's, I'm not letting you leave here. If you don't quit on camera, you can't just disappear. And so then BB had said to me, he said, well, I have them vote me off. I want to be the next. And to be honest, he was probably the vote anyway. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, but he, he didn't, uh, he wasn't quitting because it was too much for him. It was quitting because this wasn't his bag of tricks, you know? Can you tell us anything else about uh, the late, great B.B. Anderson? Because I feel like that he's a figure that uh, a lot of Survivor fans don't know too much about. I know. And it's a shame. He has he he is such an interesting person. Um, I there was the situation when after the finale, you know, and, and Mark and everyone realized even, you know, the finale was never supposed to happen. I mean, they finished it right there on the beach. And then people were like, give us something to sell. So that's when they decided they were going to have this big finale. And that wasn't, none of us were contracted for that. And I remember getting an, I remember getting an email. I think it was from Stacy that went out to everybody that said, oh we're getting paid for this. We're getting paid for this. Don't anybody agree to do this without getting paid. 
And so I think they paid us an extra 10 or something thousand to do the finale yeah. because we weren't contracted yeah. to do it. But after the finale, the next morning, and of course people were up late and, you know, the next morning they asked us to come do some commentary that I think that they were going to put in the um, extended version or something. Um, and BB was worn the hell out. And yeah. I just remember them asking him questions about the abuse from his father. And I just thought, this is just, I, I, it, I, to this day, I wished I would have intervened and go because I was standing there waiting my turn watching them wa- ask him questions. And he was in tears. And I thought, this is not how this man wants to go. You know, this isn't, this isn't the legacy he wants to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I thought that was, uh, yeah, I'd said a lot about him. Gretchen, there's uh, some things that we Survivor fans think we know about the first season, but a lot of it could just be sort of like urban legend and and, uh, stories that get passed along. But one of the things that I had always heard was that you thought that you would have fit in better on uh, the Tagi tribe, that that would have been more your speed to be on Tagi instead of Pagong. Is that true? I know I don't. I mean, it was that was a whole different level of weirdness over there, I think, than um, than we had going on. Um, I enjoyed the people that I was with and I'm, and I'm glad that I was with them. I probably would have played a completely different game spending day one with the other tribe, um, you know, and and who knows how that would have turned out. But I I I'm glad that I ended up on the tribe that I ended up. I did feel because I think um, Jervis was closest in age than me and I was 10 years older than him. So when BB left, all of a sudden I aged like hundred percent, mm-hmm. you know, I, I exponentially aged after BB left. And so I felt a little out of place there, but I mean, I, I love those people. Do you think you would have been part of the Tagi Alliance if you were over there? Um, probably. Okay. Probably. Now, because you were not super high on the alliance idea, if memory serves me from the, you know, I feel like that there was some talk from Joel talking about a Pagong alliance of working together, but I feel like that you were not crazy about that idea. I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about it. Um, And once again, it's because I was so out of my element. I mean, previously, you know, when I was in the Air Force, every trip we took, it was a team effort. Every, you know, and it was, um, it just seemed like, gosh, I'm not even explaining this well. You know, I always say that had I seen the first one and been on the second one, it would have been no holds barred. But it was, you know, it was just, how, how do I rationalize this in my head? And how do I, yeah, I was in my game. Um, that wasn't watch not having seen a previous one. I think if I were to play now, you know, it would be completely knowing that everybody there knows the game and everybody there, um, you know, knows that it, that all's fair, all's fair and love and survivor mm-hmm. that, you, you know, that, that you can turn on somebody and that's, and that's admirable because they didn't see it coming. And that's just part of the game. And then it just wasn't, it didn't seem like a game to me. It just seemed like, you know, going back out on another, you know, TDY for some reason. Gretchen, have you seen any of the seasons at all, though, how they've thrown in, uh, you know, Redemption Island or Edge of Extinction or, you know, included hidden idols for people to find and all the different things they've thrown in through the years? Have you seen or 
have paid attention to any of that and have an opinion on that? I think, I think, you know, they've been very smart about mixing it up and, and sometimes you're going to like the mix up and sometimes you're not. But I think when people haven't seen the first couple of episodes and they're a Survivor fan and then they're like, ah, it's time to watch the original episodes. It's like going back and watching the original Seinfeld. You're like, it's not that funny. You know? So, How dare you, Gretchen? <laughs> the first I, season- I know it, Gretchen. Exactly. <laughs> The first season of Seinfeld was not that funny when you see it. They're figuring it out. They're figuring it out in the very old ones. Right. So I think, you know, you have to keep it interesting and you have to bring in more camera angles and you have to, because if you watch the other one, it seems like a home movie. It really does. You watch the original. Hey, Gretchen. So you'll know the answer for this. How has Probst changed from that very first season in Borneo through the years, in your opinion? Just... uh, Whatever you could describe, how has Probst changed? The first memory I really have of him was, and and there could have been some kind of whatever before him, but the first memory I have of him was we had, uh, they had taken us to kind of a touristy headhunter village. And there was um, a a guide there that was telling you, these are plants you absolutely don't touch. And I don't know if they give you a rundown of the island, you know, that you're going to be on or the place that you're filming now, but they were saying, you know, these are edible foods. These are not edible foods. And, uh, and I was, and he seemed very nervous yet. Like you could tell he was a hard worker. You could tell that he had put thought in whatever, you know, during this, these are the rules. This is how it's going to go down. Um, and for us, that was the first we kind of knew of what was going to happen. Didn't know about tribal council, didn't know about any of that. And and so uh, when he was talking, I was like paying extreme atten- attention to him because I thought, here's a man that knows what's going on. And I remember him commenting on on that afterwards, saying, you were almost staring a hole in me when I was giving that, you know, other people were tying their shoes and stuff. And I said, I said, well, it was important. I thought it was important. And, um, so, but he seemed very, you know, I, I, he had been on, uh, was it rock and roll jeopardy yes. or something? Yeah. And, you know, and that's really all I knew of Jeff Probst before that. And it seems like, you know, not only was he, is he the host now, but he also is integral to a lot of the decisions that are being made. And, you know, he really has, I think, earned his spot. People love him or hate him, but I think he really has earned his spot. Now, from, again, one of these things that I've always heard was that uh, the Pagong tribe especially did not always treat Jeff with uh, a lot of the respect and the reverence that he gets now from the contestants. Is that true? True that. (laughs) True that. Okay, don't count me in on that. (laughs) No, not you. Not you. (laughs) Don't count me in. Although I probably giggle a time or two. Because I was, I am a rule follower and I, you know, when they say go sit there and then stand up and then, in fact, I'm going to tell you a stupid story to follow that up. But, um, you know, I did have to giggle a little bit because I was so nervous and especially at the tribal councils, just because every time you write someone's name down, like you're ending their dream, whether it was for the money or for whatever reason they were there, you're ending their dream. And it was, it was, it never felt good to me. And I, every time we went up there, I just, I I felt like dying. Um, but, you know, the levity that that Greg brought, you know, by stopping and, you know, they when they're filming a tribal council, depending on how long it goes on, they change. They have to, like, stop and then change out tape and then whatever they have to do, you know, like so they have to 
And so th- it's all timing and it's all whatever. And Jeff has what he's going to say. And then literally like in the middle of it, Greg would stop production, and take a coconut phone call. And it was just so ludicrous. And, <laughs> and I, I enjoyed every minute of it. But I can imagine like if you were trying, if you had an agenda, that would be a pain in your ass. It just would. Yeah. And what would the the response be That's like, uh, Greg, could you take that call later? No, I think that, um, I, you know, they were very cognizant of the fact that it was a game show and there were game show rules and they kind of had to let it play out. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, I don't know if they let it play out now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think now they got they got they got all the laws down pat. I think they've they've probably been through enough lawsuits. They know now what they can do and what they can't do. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, guys. It seems like everything happens now at tribal council. Things are everybody's all over the place. I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it there could are be a live tribal. That could be that could be uh, interesting. Maybe they, maybe they might let it play out and give it some air to see if anything <laughs> comes from it. But you can yeah. tell, you know, as subsequent you know phone calls came in and stuff that Jeff was. Losing his patience. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. But when I was going to, you know, there was this thing, I don't know how much you remember from the first one, but there was, um, they had told us that when you walk up to the podium, yes, pick up the pen, take a piece of paper. This, <laughs> this is what specifically screwed me up, right? So the camera can read what they meant was legible. What I heard was, Right upside down so that the camera sees it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so you thought the camera yeah. works like a mirror. <laughs> like I thought, yeah, I thought they wanted the camera to be able to see. So I'm writing up to that point successfully, writing everybody's name correctly, upside to facing the camera. And then um, when I went <laughs> when I went to vote for Joel, I made the J backwards, and immediately I realized crap <laughs> mm-hmm. backwards and so i didn't know like should i take another piece i just went with it joel and then as we were walking back from tribal council they're like who's a moron that doesn't know how to make a j properly and i'm like well, that would be me <laughs> so to this day when, jeff, when i see jeff hold up the joel with the backwards j i'm like that's my legacy right yeah. there that that's you know what that describes my whole gameplay in a nutshell. Well, the elements take a lot out of you. Uh, you everybody is not functioning at the highest cognitive level on Survivor. <laughs> that's true. Even going into it, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Gretchen, I know after afterwards, y'all got y'all did a lot of different shows. Um, the early show, Letterman, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, I think you were on the Weakest Link with a few of the other players. Yes, um, and I think. I think I read that you never hired an agent. So I, I would imagine a few others probably did. So just question you about yeah. that. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, you know, I got to do a lot of interesting things afterwards. And and I think that uh, I felt very lucky for that. You know, um, I got to travel and got to, you know, be on Letterman and whatever. And, and that was fun. Uh, and then it very quickly became like, that's not my life. And I, you know, I, like I said, I had, uh, my husband was flying and in fact, the next year was September 11th mm-hmm. and, um, and he started to deploy and, uh, and it was just like, this is this month, you know, my time in the pot is over here. Mm-hmm. 
Now, after the show, though, did you start working in radio? Do, do I have that right? Yes. The next year I did and still am. Yeah. Okay. This day. Well, what do you do? I am a morning radio show host. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a partner and, you know, we, we do morning, you know, uh, music and talk morning radio. Yeah. And what kind of things do you talk about on the radio? Um, whatever's in the news that day, common interest, mm-hmm. uh, local. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the hours stink. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I've been doing that for like 18 years now, working in the same spot for like 18 years. Yeah. Well, that's great. Congratulations <laughs> on, uh, all your success with that. Can, can we go back to, uh, Greg? Because I, I think that the listeners, I know I would, uh, would love to hear a, any other stories from Greg that he was such an interesting character in the season. He was so, uh, colorful and seemingly like conflicted about that being on the show. And, uh, he wasn't really, uh, so into it, but at times he seemed like he had a mind for it. He did. I think he played the greatest game. Um, I think had he been on the other side, he probably could have won it. Um, he was, he's so, so smart. I cannot even tell you. I mean, you know, Brown and he's, you know, he's, he's a very, very intelligent person. Um, and he, you know, he basically calls his own shots. Um, but he's quirky and, uh, He's just someone that you could spend a long time with and not know very well. Mm-hmm. And, and there was, you know, he, there was, <laughs> he would make us laugh and, you know, we'd be miserable at night. And then where's Greg? And we're all sleeping. And then all of a sudden he'd come out of the woods with a headdress made of like leaves and ferns and things, fuck naked and just run away. But he, you know, <laughs> here's a story about Greg. <laughs> I think this describes him a T, how he just likes to mess with status quo. So when, when BB got voted off, you know, and BB had insisted that we put that shelter out there on the beach. And so, you know, after he left, of course, you know, I said, BB, the reason there's sand here is because the tide comes in here. You know, the, this, we have to be protected from this. He's like, no, no, that'll never happen. Well, the night that he got voted off, like, it started to wash away the underpinnings of the, of the shelter. And we knew we had to move it into the, into the, into the jungle. And so we were starting to rebuild one in the jungle and they had set up a time-lapse camera mm-hmm. to show the building of the, you know, this thing in stages. And, and then they left for like lunch and stuff. And when they would leave, Greg would take his clothes off and stand for a shot, like a couple seconds in the you know time in the, lapse. Yeah. yeah time lapse and then so it was just long enough where they couldn't show you know <laughs> so, I'm sure they went back and looked at that and then every time you know they'd have to cut, cut the part where Greg's naked standing in the middle of the shelter that we're building just because he wanted to mess with them it's you know it, it was it's kind of like the yeah I don't I don't know that that doesn't describe very but he's also very like you could have a very serious conversation with him mm-hmm. And, and he was young, you know, he was, he was young and, um, you know, but he's not, he's not a role fight. He's completely the opposite of me, which is, I think, one of the reasons that I admired him so, because he did things I wouldn't dream of doing. Mm-hmm. So Gretchen, if you and Greg had switched places, 
because after you, he was voted out, but he made the jury. So if, if he had been voted off instead of, and after, before you, and you had made the jury, how do you think it would have finished up? You still think Hatch would have taken it, or do you think Kelly would have had more of a shot? What's your, what's your feeling on that? I think because, and I was not there for any of it, but I think because of some of the things that Kelly took in, um, that, um, that Rich was going to win regardless. Did you, did you see Kelly on second chances by chance? I did not. No, I did not. Okay. So you're saying that you would have been a vote for Rich and not for Kelly. Um, you know, I, I'm going to just say that, um, you know, when you, so when you're on mm-hmm. and then, you know, when you think of it this in these terms, that it's at least it, this is how it worked, you know, three days of filming make one show. And then out of those, you know, of that one show, which is one hour long, you have an opening, you have a close, you have commercials. Sure. We're talking like one or two minutes per person. And I mean, when I went to, when I went to watch, and I know a lot of people would throw like a party when the first one aired or something that they were going to be on, you know, a viewing party. And I literally watched in my basement with my kids by myself, because, you know, in that three minutes that they are turning, you know, they're making you they're they're making you into the person that they want you to be in those three minutes. Like there was somebody out there that did nothing but talk about um, relations with men, nothing. Mm. And then none of that showed. And I even said to her, like, maybe you should tone it down because you're going to come across, you know, but none of that showed. So is what you see the person? There's only a couple of people that that could be. And I'll I'll leave it to the listeners to (laughs) have a a guess. I've got one. I've got one. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, you you know, so I figured out, okay, like in the three minutes that they're going to show of me in each episode, literally, I could be blowing my nose. I could be, you know, so you don't know what, what they're going to make of you and all that to say that, um, I wasn't there for the last half of the game. So it wouldn't be fair for me to say who I would have voted for at that point. Okay. So Gretchen, you look at the, all the other 15 players, of course, I'm sure you wanted to win like Rob wanted to win and I wanted to win. But since we didn't win, it was kind of important for me for my season Whoever wins that would represent our season the best. And, of course, that was Ethan. So looking at your whole season, the other 15 players, if you couldn't win, are you happy with having Hatch represent your season, especially now it's a legendary season. It's what started off the whole franchise. Or would you pick somebody else if it couldn't be you to represent this amazing season? Wow. Wow. Um, Tough question. It is a tough question. I mean, I would want to pick somebody who um, who would be a good representative, you know, out in the media and who would. Yeah, I would say, um, wow, a couple people come to mind. Um, I mean, I think I think Jervis is I think the world of him, but I think that somebody that rarely gets talked about who just came to my house and I, I think she is, I, I think she should be given another chance. Uh, and that's Ramona. She's a beast. Mm-hmm. 
She is a beast. And um, I saw her recently in Philadelphia. Yeah, she looks great, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. I saw her and Jerv. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think she didn't get fair play. I just, she was sick and she just didn't, she felt out of sorts there and it wasn't what she expected either. Um, I think, you know, I think Rich is a pretty good, you know, Rich, Rich is what he is. And I think he is a pretty good spokesperson for Borneo. I mm-hmm. really mean, I, I really do. He got the game before anybody else got the game. And considering what we knew going into it was nothing, absolutely nothing. I remember going to tribal council and going like, what is, is that they had that gong? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, this is the stupidest thing. And then when we got into it, and it came down to writing down someone's name and, you know, that was BB. And I just, I mean, I didn't know what to, when you, when he's walking off and, and Jeff actually gave a shit for it. Excuse my French. Um, Jeff actually gave us heck for it. Uh, we all yelled BB, you know, cause we thought we'd get a chance to say goodbye. Like no. we didn't know there was no goodbyes. That was it. I mean, the person's gone and then you don't see them anymore. And um, it just, you know, we just didn't get it. Rich got it. And so I think for that reason, Rich is the, he wears the crown. So Gretchen, if, if I think if all 16 people were polled from Borneo and I asked them the same question, who would be the best representative of the season? I got a feeling hands down, it would be the majority. You would get the majority of votes. I feel sure of um, it because I'm telling I, you, I talked to, I talked to four. I sent out messages to four of your castmates, four, only four. And within hours, all four had replied back to me within hours. And the things they said about you are stellar. Every one of them. They think the world of you. And I started off the podcast by saying that um, Joel Klug said that you weren't, you were not really built for the game of Survivor. Right. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, 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 oh. I got to, I got to figure this out. So I, I sent him a message back and I said, why, why? And he said, because you're too nice. But he did say this, and this is a great story. He said, but you were perfect for the uh, shipwreck situation. You were perfect in the elements. He said, one night you were all uh, sitting around the fire and you were just telling a story. And all of a sudden, through the story, you didn't skip a beat. You took the stir stick for the rice. And without missing a beat, you smacked and killed a huge rat that was like three feet away. Flicked it, you flicked it into the jungle and you kept telling your story like nothing ever happened. So he, he, he wanted me to tell you that he loves you and he loves you more than you loved him. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, he got a raw deal. I think, I think, yeah, I think he got a raw deal. Um, it, you know, like I said, they can take that three minutes and do whatever they want with it. And, you know, that was just, it came down to like, somebody's got to go, you know, like somebody's got to go. I think we could have lived a long time. You know, people go, oh, well, it wasn't a real survival situation. No, it was not, you know, um, although there was a point where they stopped bringing us rice and we didn't have anything to eat. And we had that chicken with that was half eaten by the monitor lizard yes. and that we ate the other half. And then they had given us this bag of feed. And I remember cooking up that bag of feed and uh, Jay Beanstalk came over to me and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm cooking this up. You told us you would bring us rice. In fact, we were giving bowls of rice to the crew 
because they told us, because I asked initially, I said, how much rice? And they said, it's un- the rice is unlimited. Yeah. And I'm full. So we were giving rice to the crew members. And then when we ran out, I'm like, okay, where's the rice? And they're like, oh, we'll get it for you. We'll get it for you. Well, day comes and goes, no rice. So I'm cooking this up and he goes, Gretchen, you can't eat that. And I'm like, you watch me. And he goes, you can't eat that because we don't know what's in it. And I'm like, it's, I don't care what's in it. If it's good enough for the chicken, it's good. And he made me pour it out because he wouldn't continue till I poured it out. Yeah. Ramona told me to ask you about the beans. Oh my God. (laughs) So, you know, all all I know going into it is that, uh, is what I've been taught, you know, by the air force. That's all I know about survival. And so when we get there, um, not knowing we inventoried everything. And so we had a can of beans, we had like a can of jackfruit or something. We had like three or four cans of food. And then we had, um, some perishable stuff, some fruit and some perishable things. And so I said, well, we're going to eat the perishable stuff first. And Ramona's like, no, I need the beans now. And I'm like, well, the beans will last us. We don't know when we're going to get food again. So we have to eat the perishable stuff first. And she got so pissed off. (laughs) And anyway, so she ended up getting the beans, but I felt bad about it. So when we got back, I went to like Costco. (laughs) I bought like these big industrial sized cans of beans and I (laughs) sent them to her. That was very nice. <laughs> yeah, but see, I just, yeah, I felt like the whole time I felt like, like, yeah, it just, yeah, that, that was not my, I, I might be like when we went to the first tribal council and, and I wrote down BB's name, even though I knew he wanted to go, I, it was just really difficult because he came out there for an adventure. BB didn't need the million dollars in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not why he came, you know, he, he came out with a, a belt that was braided out of one long piece of, of leather so that he could use that. And he, you know, he had his glasses. They didn't, they weren't his prescription. They were extra strong so that we could start a fire. Like he, he was really into it. And, uh, and I felt really bad. So each time I wrote someone's name down and then the stupid thing is like, it seemed so real sitting there around the fire and, you know, and just, the whole ominousness of it, which is why I was really glad that Greg would break it up. And then the night that I got voted off, um, I couldn't sleep. You know, they put me in this little tent and I couldn't sleep. And I just got up and I thought, I'll just walk up and down the beach. And, you know, you would pass these guys with the machine guns because there were so many pirates in the area. So like they had these guys strolling the beach at night and I walked past one of them and then I saw this styrofoam and I'm like, what is that? And it turns out it was the backside of tribal council. And then I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah. oh, it's a game. It's a game. It's all make-believe, you know. And it was a really odd coming to Jesus kind of moment where you're like, oh, my God, I took it so serious. Jetta had told me that on the first walk to tribal council, y'all just about lost Bibi because he almost slipped off the, the mountain cliff because there was so much mud everywhere. There was, it was what a natural mud volcano there. Oh, they had so a, she said, baby, go ahead. No, I said, so she was saying you almost lost baby the, the first night. Or was the, maybe, I guess it'd be the third, the third day. Yeah. We almost lost BB and one of the cameraman because we didn't go through the Island. We went around the Island. And so when we were, um, the tide was coming in and it was just a really rocky and the poor cameraman's like trying to 
keep the camera shouldered and he slipped twice and BB slipped. And the next day, you know, after the tribal council, I said, um, I said, I have a message for Mark and they filmed it. And I said, I won't do that again. <laughs> I won't, I will not do that again. Cause I just thought somebody really could have gotten hurt badly. And how the hell would you even get them out of there? You know, mm-hmm. cause we were on these real steep, just wet, uh, mossy rocks. And, and, um, I said, but you know, you, you, you find another path or I, you know, that's the last time we go to tribal council. And what did they do? Uh, well, that's the last time we did that. Yeah. <laughs> that's less. So you know what? Wasn't it a two hour walk? Wasn't it a two hour walk oh, the first we, night? Yeah, it was forever. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a, you know, timepiece or anything. So I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know how long it was, but it was forever and it was slow going. And I just, the whole time I thought someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. And mm. then and then I thought that's the last, that's the last time many of us are doing that because that's ridiculous. Not, not for this, you know, not for this. Someone falls and cracks their head. And you know, I don't think they realized um, how precarious it was. Uh, and I think the crew members, they just happy for a job. You know, they didn't want to complain about anything. I think I heard she was paired up with baby one night when um, I think the host was uh, Greg and Colleen were hosting the newly stranded game kind of based off the newlyweds game. So, right. I think you were with, we were paired up with BB and Joel was with Ramona. And um, I think Jenna said she was with Jervis. Colleen and Greg were hosting and and she said it was so hilarious, but it never was, it was never shown. It was never captured on film. It was, um, yeah, the, the best parts, you know, just weren't like, I knew I had a limited time to make that, you know, they showed like the smoke and the fire, like they don't have me making the fire at all because I remember when I started blowing on it and smoke started coming out and I went and laid it and, and then uh, someone was like, she's building a fire. Like they would yell at each other, like trying to, cause they didn't know too, like where to look. And, uh, one, there was one night <laughs> back to Greg's shenanigans that we, uh, we found that they had hidden microphones and stuff in the, in the shed we had made like out there, the shelter we had made out on the beach. And, um, they just took their machetes and <laughs> Greg hacked them all to pieces. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Or, Greg, this is a nightmare for production. Oh, he was a nightmare for production because you know, when you have those, um, when you have those battery packs on, yeah. you can't go into the water with them. You have to like have them take your, your battery pack off before you go into the water. And, uh, and he would just go right and go and tell him he forgot. Like he ruined so much equipment. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's, you know, it was at the time. Wow. So Greg's never, Greg's never played again. Gretchen, I got to ask here. You, you were 38, you were 38 when you played. Right. You're about 57 now. Uh, have you been asked to come back? And would you come back? I th- I have gotten um, probably, th- uh, I think, three calls, maybe three calls to come back. And, you know, they're just like, oh, we're just seeing your level of interest and whatever. And, you know, each time I'm like, yeah, sure. Like the first time I'm thinking, oh, they called. So it's probably going to happen. And then the second time it's like probably not. And the third time it's like, sure, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, you but, would, so you would go back. Cable, Cable Brandon, one of your fans, asked that, wanted to know the answer to that. So you would go back. I w- I would go back, um, and I would, you know, and I I would have I would have a lot more fun, and I would I would be a much better player. I would be a much better player, knowing that everybody that was there knew the game. Everybody's got to go home, but one person, you know. 
Although I will say. How would you play? Go ahead. How would you play differently? How would you play differently than the first time? I didn't play the first time. So the second time I would play, I would play. Yeah, I, it was just not even a game to me the first time. I was just so worried about everybody's feelings and, um, you know, how this would affect them and, you know, who deserved money. I was like, that's not even the point of it. And I would go back and play a game. So would you be survivor villain, survivor hero? Oh, I don't know that I could ever be a villain. Um, but I think I would do what it takes. And I think all's fair. Like everybody knows that now. Like if you go and play and you don't know that all's fair, then, then you didn't do your research. So Gretchen, uh, I know we talked uh, a lot about Greg, but the Greg uh, on the show always shown with Colleen. Can can you tell us uh, anything about Colleen Haskell because uh, that she has become a uh, such such a like a mythical figure in Survivor history where she was everywhere and then she was nowhere. Yeah, um, I can tell you a whole lot about Colleen. I mean, the last time I talked to Greg, which was probably a year or so ago, um, they don't talk. They yeah. haven't had any contact. So, uh, no, she's just doing her own thing now, you know, mommy and whatever and doing her own thing. And, um, you know, some people love the limelight, like like Rich loves the limelight. Yes. Some people just don't because, you know, along with the good comes the bad. And there wasn't, and I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, I watch people get torn up on social media. And I think to myself, just like you said earlier, like you're out there, you don't sleep, you don't eat, you, you know, you're under constant pressure. You don't know if the person who just gave you your word is lying to your face or not. And so when you make decisions about things like people, like, okay, when they were, they said, you know, uh, set, you know, put out an SOS signal. And everybody's like, happy face. And I'm like, that probably isn't a good idea. And I'd be like, you know, international sign of distress is three fires are like, you know, like I'm pulling all this, you know, stuff from my background and, and they're like, happy face. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> so mm -hmm. you don't, you don't make the best decisions. And so you have people who have had a good night's sleep and are sitting there eating their dinner or watching you, you know, do dumb things and judging, judging, judging. And, um, it, it's, it is like you said, your cognitive abilities, uh, have been better in your life. Right. They've been much better. What, what about just, uh, playing with Colleen? What, what was she like as a person? She, um, she was just very, Low key. I mean, I, the whole time that she was there, she was sweet and, um, she was, she was snarky when, when it was time to be snarky. And, uh, there's just, there's not a lot to define about her. Like I can go on for hours about Jenna or Ramona or Joel or Jervis and, um, and BB, but I, I mean, I, there's really not to, a lot to be said about Colleen. It's basically what you saw on there was, was mm -hmm. as, as deep as it was. That's not a diss or anything. It's just, that's, you know, what you saw was what you get. Were you surprised that she became such a popular figure on the show? No, look at her. She's adorable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's adorable. <laughs> no. And they just, I mean, they wanted people to hook up so badly 
In fact, we and I had written a letter to Mark after the fact, because um, to his credit, after the show was over, he said, would you put down some thoughts? Uh, I'm sure they asked everybody, would you put down some thoughts about the game and what, you know, some advice or some things you saw that need to be changed or whatever. And um, when they, when we were supposed to send a representative from our tribe and a representative from their tribe to kind of hash out the details, like whose beach were we going to go to, you know, for the, um, we chose, we chose Greg. Mm -hmm. And, and they said, um, well, they said, no, uh, not Greg. And I'm like, why did you ask? You know, Greg's the person we want to send. And they're like, we'll take Jenna, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, and, you know, to, to match up with Sean. And to that the was summit. That was never going to happen. <laughs> no. That was never going to happen. <laughs> I don't care how many bottles of wine you put out there. That was never going to happen. <laughs> why? Because uh, they're just not a compatible pair. <laughs> Oh, I don't think she had any interest in him whatsoever. Yeah. Whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... <laughs> what What about from uh, the other tribe? Is there anybody that you've become very close with from Tagi? I mean, I love Rich. Uh, you know, you you got to take him at face value. I love him. Um, and, uh, and, and Sonia, there's no... Sweeter, stronger woman in the world than Sonia. Uh, I wish the world had gotten to see more of her. It was interesting because she 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 told me something about um, the production crew that really warmed my heart. You know, you hear stories about what went on, and you're like, "Yeah, that's disparaging." And then she she told me a, a story about. Um, you know, she, because, because she's gay and she had intended, you know, they said to her before you leave, know this, you know, if, if you are not out to the public now, you're going to be out to the public because people look for everything and they're going to look for everything. And then if you're not ready, don't do this. And she said, look, my, my, you know, my son knows my church knows people know, and so, and they said, you know, well, you, you know, your mother's friends and stuff. And she said, I really thought about that. And she said, but I decided to do it anyway. I was going to do this for me. And so she went and, uh, you know, unfortunately she was the first one out, which she now like wears like a badge of honor. And I love her for that. But, um, she, she, she talked about it at the tribal council where she got the boot but that never showed because when she got back, she thought about it again and said, I don't think people really got to know me enough to judge me on anything but that of, you know, my stumble in the water and then being gay. And I don't want to be the gay person. I just want to, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when she called them, they, they cut that portion out. And I thought, good on you for that. Wow. How was your Ponderosa compared? I'm wondering now. I mean, I don't, you know, did y'all travel since you weren't with the merge? Didn't make the merge? Did did you guys travel? You know, now they've got videos of Ponderosa and everything that's going on. Or or did you just go home? What did y'all do? Yeah, we. Or uh, or did you just go home? Or did BB BB get his plane in and fly y'all all all out of there? (laughs) I know. Yeah, they, they, uh, you went back to the resort. 
and they made plane reservations if you wanted to travel, which some people did. I think Ramona did, um, you know, to travel that because it's a long flight even just to get to Malaysia. So we, I mean, we didn't have a Ponderosa. We had the, the hotel that we stayed at. And so I knew that the next person off would be Greg. And I said, you know, make my plane reservation for four days out. Um, and on top of that, I was like so exhausted that I didn't think like the 12 hour plane ride to Los Angeles and then another six hours to, you know, Tennessee would have been a smart thing to, to get home and be that exhausted. So, uh, yeah, lo and behold, he, he was the next one out. And so we went out and had a nice dinner with everybody, like the whole crew and everything. And we had a really good time. Oh, <laughs> and Greg, we had this really creepy, I don't, I don't think he's employed anymore there, but we had this really creepy, like psych doctor. And, um, and just, I mean, he would talk after the fact, you know, he was, because they do all these psychological profiles on you and make you take all these tests. I, did they do the same for you? I imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he was like sharing, like with Joel, he was like sharing everybody's, you know, insights and something a doctor should never do. But anyway, um, you know, we got around talking about how creepy he was. And so we ran up this huge big bill there while we were at the hotel <laughs> Greg signed it to his room, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't feel bad about that one at all. I might have felt a little bad about some of the long coconut calls, but I did not feel bad about that. He deserved every second of it. Wow. Gretchen, I know we talked about the food a minute ago, but I wanted to, I just was thinking about Sue Hawk's final speech, which I, you know, what was your reaction to that? And then, well, tell me your reaction to that first, and then I'll go with my second part. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I heard about the speech, um, secondhand before. What did you hear? Just that Sue really is going to lay into Kelly at the final trial? Yeah, that, that Sue, that Sue laid into Kelly and said some really nasty things at the tribal council. That was one of the things that, that came back, you know, because we did have each other's contact information. Yeah. So, um, and so I didn't actually see it until we were at the finale. So we watched. We watched the last episode in the green room before they had us go out on stage for the finale. And so as we're watching and I'm sitting next to Kelly um, and literally she reached over and she grabbed my hand and I can only describe the clench of my hand. Like I, when I was in labor and my, <laughs> I was like holding on to Dale's arm. I know, like, that. Like, I know that feeling. You know that feeling? Yeah. So, I mean, she was. I know that feeling. <laughs> she was just clenching my hand and then tears started coming down her face. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is unnecessary. But I mean, I think that speaks to how personal it is for people that who are watching it as a game. You know, that these are people who's are making life decisions for somebody else. What, what about when that was going on? What, what, what's Sue Hawk's reaction to that in the real time? Is she like, Oh, Kelly, uh, you know, that, that was just me being crazy. Or was there still animosity between them? I, uh, we were kind of in a theater situation where you're in like movie theater the seats and it's dark and we're okay. watching it projected onto the screen. Got it. So I, I only, kind of concentrated on her. I don't even know. I can't remember where Sue was even in there in the thing, but I was just like such an uncomfortable moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, Oh, and then this is the, and then they, they swoop us out, um, to, you know, while the commercials and stuff are playing, they swoop us out to the stage. Uh, and then we're sitting there and they're like 20 seconds and they're like, quick mic check, Craig, blah, blah, blah. 
Gretchen, Gretchen's mic's not working. Switch out her mic pack. Then they're like starting to count down. And this lady pulls me out to the side, live audience. And she pulls me to the side and I'm wearing a dress that they made me, that they made me wear. Um, and she literally pulls my dress up on stage in front of everybody and puts a new bike pack on. And then I sit down and they're like, three, two, one. And, uh, and everybody feels <laughs> sorry for me. And Joel, who's sitting next to me, reaches out and grabs my hand. And then underneath for the viewers at home where it has people's names, it says Gretchen Klug. So he's holding my hand. Someone got the name wrong and people are like, she left her husband for that man. (laughs) 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 It wasn't like that at all. (laughs) Did you get to uh, talk with Brian Gumbel at all? Um, Oh my gosh. We we got to do. Yeah. Brian Gumbel, who, by the way, everybody in that building thought he was an ass everybody yeah why um i think because you know he's one of those people that and he literally did when he yawns he goes like he has like everybody know where he is all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just gets to be a bit much but katie Couric was on then too and uh and so when when she was talking to us and i said i said something about Oh, previous to that, we were in the green room and watched the segment before us was a roller skating monkey. And so, you know, all I've ever seen of, of Katie Kirk was seeing her on the Today Show. That's all. Or maybe an interview or something. And then we walked out there and I'm like, wow, we get to follow the roller skating monkey. It's going to be really hard to, you know, and she goes, and you know, that fucker humped my leg. This was when you got voted off. Um, was it or was it? Yeah, it must have been. Or it was at the end. Yeah, it must have been when I was voted off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's nuts. I just like, you know, when you hear and you've never heard the person swear or you never. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you hear that and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's not the Katie I know from TV. I think a lot of people just had that reaction to you. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> It's, it's, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> because All right, so Gretchen, hey, yeah. go ahead. So Gretchen, with Sue Hawks, with her, with Sue's um, talking about rats, such an emphasis on rats. I didn't realize y'all had such an epidemic of rats. Could you eat those, or did y'all try to eat them, or did production say stay away from eating the rats? Well, at least once you ate them, right? We ate them. Yeah, we did eat them. Um, you know, the first. The first night that we had the shelter built was the night that we had rice and we were exhausted and we went to bed. And then I woke up and there was something like on my face. Um, Oh, no. They they would crawl over you at night. And if you didn't wash your mouth and your hands really well after you ate, they would like smell the food. They weren't indigenous to like I'll give Mark credit for this, too is that they went in and just took bags and bags of trash off that island before they, because as, as they were filming in just the time that I was there, like, so they just dump everything like right over the side of the boats and it all just comes up by the time, you know, I was ready to go. I had a comb, I had bowls and cups and stuff. And they're like, you can't use those on this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the rats were, had been brought there and, um, that's why he let us eat it. He was very protective of anything on the island. You, There were only a few things that you could kill and eat, and rats were one of them. 
Um, but they would, they would, you know, you just settle in and we were freezing at night. So everybody would huddle real close together. And then one person would pop up and then everybody would pop up and they were, you know, after about the fourth or fifth day, like you just realized that that was going to be a, a way of life. But we learned to really wash ourselves well to get the food smell off of us before we went to bed or they would come into the um, shelter like looking for food. But we would set up, we had a can that the rice had come in. Um, it was like a tall tin can and it had an opening on the top and they would go to, they'd smell the rice in the bottom. It was empty, but there was like the smell in there and they would climb in there. And every morning there'd be like three or four rats and we ate a couple of them, but actually till you got done cooking them, you know, and skinning them, there was nothing left on them and it tasted horrid. Mm. Well, Jervis uh, acted like they tasted good. Can you dial him up right now? Because <laughs> he's a fat liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I will call him. This is what Jervis said. He said on day one, when it was getting dark, you said that y'all should all sleep in the jungle, not on the beach. And then, you know, since you're an expert and did that for a living, he, Jervis said he disagreed with you. And then he was all nervous about that. He said, because he said, I'm from Jersey. We sleep on the beach on, at the shore. So he said, instantly, I was nervous because I felt like I was making the tribe pick sides. But he said, the girls went into the jungle with you. And I guess his group stayed there on the beach. And he said, within just a few minutes, he heard you guys, you girls were screaming like crazy. And y'all came running out saying that the rats were crawling all in your hair and stuck in your hair. And then he said, y'all ended up coming down and staying on the beach with, with, with the guys. Well, that's a bit of revisionist history. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. No, I don't remember that at all. Jervis has really expounded on this story. He tells a good story. Jervis tells, let me tell you, they filmed him telling a story they knew would, would never, ever be shown on the air because he told the story of of not having gone to the bathroom for a week and then he he detailed the story and it was so funny and they filmed it just for their own fun mm -hmm. i'm sure i'm sure someone's watched it since yeah for their own entertainment because it was he, he can tell he's he really is good at telling stories and um he's fun to have around he really is a good guy uh and he's you know, he's got his hand in everything. And so I like about him. He's, he's next to Johnny Fairplay. He's probably, <laughs> he's probably a, a one man circus. Jervis <laughs> and Jenna both said that they wouldn't have made it through the season without Gretchen. They said, both said the exact same thing. So again, they, everybody speaks so highly of you, Gretchen. And just like I said, from the beginning, I would imagine production all had their money on you to take the whole thing. So. Well, it's nice to hear that the, you know, it really is nice to hear um, because I feel the same way about them. I really do. I do feel like they're family. You know, when you go through that, I, I like the fact that I've been able to come, you know, to come home and, and not, you know, think that I hurt anybody or think that, you know, yeah. I'm just rambling, but I do you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> do you know what I'm yes. saying anyway? Okay. Of, of the people that have played of the seasons you've watched, who do you think has played most like you, has been most like you of the seasons you've seen? 
Oh, be, um, well, I'll let you it, it. It'll be it'll be Mitchell Olson because he didn't play either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mitchell. Are you are you, are you still friendly with, here, with Mitchell? I love him. I think it's a huge disservice to America that they didn't get to see him and his glory because he is one of the funniest people. Even when he's depressed, he will make you laugh till you pee your pants. Yeah. He is so funny. I love, I love Mitchell also. Yes. Yeah. He's great. I, I yes. don't know anybody who doesn't. I just don't, you know, and he took a coloring book. He's like, so he took a coloring book where to the survivor. Yeah, because we used to be able to take luxury items. Yes. Which I don't, do they, they don't allow that anymore? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he took a you know, we, we were talking about you, we were talking about you earlier, how you took a toothbrush. The, I took a toothbrush and toothpaste and dental floss because they said they were going to Oh, go, wow. Yeah, they were going to go through your stuff with a, you know, first of all, I, you know, you give them a list and they whittle it and they whittle it and you can't take that and you can't take that. So what they allowed you to take was, uh, was only very sublime things, you know, something that wouldn't help you with the game. But I knew that dental floss can be used for sewing clothing. I know that it can use for fishing. I know. So like my, my number one choice was dental floss, but they let me take like the whole thing. So. Boy, you and BB were really uh, thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, I wanted any, any kind of, um, you know, advantage I could get. And uh, little did I know worth nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you have to share the toothbrush with other people? Okay, that is a regret. I shouldn't have done that in retrospect now, but I knew that all <laughs> I knew I knew all those people had been tested for every disease under the sun. So I did share with everybody. I did. We did share my toothbrush. And um and I remember, do you is it still is it still around? Because I don't know, but remember SurvivorSucks.com. Yes. Okay. So that yeah. was really the only social media that was out there. And those people would tear you apart. Yeah. Everything, everything you wore, anytime you said a word, like they were there to tear you apart. And I remember saying, someone saying, oh, they all got, they all, I saw, I saw two or three of them with the toothbrush. And I'm like, honey, if you zoom in on that, you'll see that's my toothbrush. So yikes. You know, in Africa, Dr. Doctor B, he's a dentist. They let him bring a toothbrush, but just a toothbrush. No floss, no toothpaste. They really cut back when they got to season three. And did you guys have to share that one, T-Bird? I don't remember. No, I, I think, Carl, we were using sticks then. Everybody said you just get your stick and you use your stick. So we yeah, were you using guys didn't stick. eat anything. Dr. B was a dentist. He knew better. Better okay. than share. Oh, I got a question for Gretchen. Gretchen, I know you're living in Tennessee, and Tina Weston lives in Tennessee. Have you met Tina? I have met you. I met Tina. Um, actually, the first time I met Tina was, I think, before, yeah, before she won. Her and Mitchell were driving through, and I get this random call. I guess he called CBS and got my phone number, and I get this random call that he's going to be driving with Tina through Nashville. Did I want to, or outside Nashville, did I want to meet them for lunch? And I'm like, sure, that sounds like fun. So I drove down there and we had this lunch where um, it went on for like, oh, I don't know, three hours. And I have waited before and I know that 
table turnover is king when it comes to, you know, (laughs) being a waitress. And so I felt really bad about it. Um, And I said, we need to leave a good tip. And uh, because we've been here for like three hours. And, uh, and Tina said, well, I'll leave the tip. Now, mind you, unbeknownst to me, at this point, she knows she's one of two people who's going to get a million dollars, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's before yep. they're out. But, but she hasn't found out she won, but at least she knows she's in second place. So she already made more money off that show than I did. So I said, okay, well, I'll pay for lunch. Um, Tina, you, you need to leave a good tip. And then I'm driving through Nashville like a week later, and I hear this waitress call into a radio show bitching about these three survivors <laughs> because they were at the oh, table because no! <laughs> they were at her table oh, no! three hours oh, they oh. left like five dollar tip or something <laughs> like, oh, so embarrassed. oh my gosh hey oh my gosh so gretchen and rob the reason i'm going oh, i am you were the waitress huge tip i mean I, <laughs> oh no no but i'm always tipping is like a big thing i think waitresses work so hard and to hear the story, I, Gretchen, I thought you were going with, she was one or two, you know, probably when you're one or two, you probably got a pretty good idea if you want. A lot of times I think you probably do. I thought this is going to be great. She left a hundred dollar tip and blah, blah, blah. This is going to be a great story. Five dollars. In fairness, a lot of people thought Colby won. <laughs> like Rob shutting it down. No, I don't know. Well, maybe, I don't That's a dollar fifty, a dollar seventy five an hour. They were there. <laughs> okay. I know. I, I mean, wonder I if Tina went back and took care of her. I mean, it's a bad tip if you're even not in the running for the million dollars, but, you know, maybe, maybe she didn't think she won. Wait a minute, Gretchen, Gretchen. So, Gretchen, how much was lunch? <laughs> you paid for lunch. Let's do, let's see if she did 20%. How much were y'all drinking? Did you have a cocktail? No, no cocktails, but we, um, no, but I mean, to say, say it's $10 a person, it's $30 at the most. I mean, at the very least you can get away with this, you know. <gasps> Six bucks, for God's sake. At $30, it should have been at least a $9 tip. What? (laughs) Tina, we're going to have to talk to you about this. I I doubt she even remembers it, but I do, like, it's the back of my hand. I guarantee you the the waitress remembers it, too. Yeah, well, she called the radio station. She called the radio station. I know. I had to hear it. I had to hear I'm like, oh my God, she's talking about us. Did she call your radio show or did she call no, a radio show? No, she, I wasn't. No, I, no, she called a Nashville radio show. I was just listening to. Did you, yeah. know, did you know Tina had only left? Did you have any idea what she'd left? Did you know what was coming? Or did you no, know she's no, going to say she, she left a big tip? What? No, because I was at a Cracker Barrel. And so I went out to you know, so you pay, like you go out into the store area to pay. Um, and so they were leaving the tip. So I had already walked away from the table. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gretchen, thank you for uh, giving us so much time today. That's of course, if, if people want to follow Gretchen on Twitter, at least go to at Gretchen Cordy. Uh, how do people listen to your radio show? Um, well, we, we have an app, Q108 app, or it's, or it's, uh, Q108.com is our, uh, you can, we stream live there. So you can, you can listen tomorrow morning from, from five to nine in the morning central. Okay. All right. And if any people have, uh, any bad tip stories from Survivor, uh, you want to hear them. (laughs) Oh, does it, it can't get worse than that. Three hours at a table. Three hours at a table. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he probably, like, you know, that's, I mean, I, I've, I've met up with her a couple times. She seems like a wonderful person. Just, you know, just not the best tipper. Okay. Tiber, <laughs> did you have anything else for Gretchen? No, I was going to say, Gretchen, thank you so much for doing this today. You are a delight. Everybody's going to love to hear from you. Oh, do you still have your ferret? No, I don't. That was my daughter's ferret. And um, somebody said that they could be house trained. And I think after two years, we learned they, can't. <laughs> they, they really can't be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Gretchen, All right. thank you so much. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for this. Is, uh, this was fun. Yes. I, uh, I had a good time. Good. Uh, so happy that you took the time to uh, talk to us and uh, hopefully uh, that, you know, the T-Bird can stop harassing you now. <laughs> well, I hope this isn't the last I hear from her. Oh, T-Bird. How about that? Ew. Yeah. Ew. Uh, Gretchen, Gretchen, you are so sweet. You know, I was, hey, Rob, I kept sending her all these gifts that I love. You know how I love to send those? When she said yes, I was sending all these excited gifts and all this. And she would say maybe just like a one word reply or nothing. And I thought, I know she's had about enough. I'm afraid she might back out of the interview if I don't leave her alone. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, it had nothing this. to do with you. Teresa had nothing to do with you. It's just that I was tentative, you know, about it. And so I was like, I don't mind. did I really just tell her I would do this? So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was Gretchen. Great. You've got thank, thank you, you so much. much. My pleasure. Okay. Thanks. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, Gretchen. All right, T Bird. There you go. Yes. Yes. That was great. <laughs> good. Wasn't that great? It was great. Oh my god, that was fantastic. Uh, T Bird, you did a good job Rob, containing your enthusiasm fantastic. during the interview. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, and I'm sorry, Rob. I've got to apologize to you, but you know, I apologize to you every time. For I don't want to talk over, of course, our guest, but I don't want to talk over you, the main host. So I get these questions that I've just got to pop in and I, I'm like jumping in. And I All know right, we'll work on that. We'll work so on just, that. All right. T-Bird. Yeah, I'll do better with okay. that. I'll do better with that. We talked to Gretchen. You made your popcorn. Is, is there anything else that you want to uh, tell me about today? Well, you know, we started this little segment at the end of our segments. About learning something new, right? Yes. Remember we started yes. with the worm beds and we moved into the dop kit. Remember the dop yes. kit where you're going to be keeping your um your toothbrush, your quick electric, my quip, your quick yeah. electric toothbrush. Your quip. Yes. And then we got to we got to see that you knew all the words to take me out of the ball game. I was impressed yes. with that. So then I, we didn't get to talk much about um, Gretchen's spirit. But I read that she had a ferret, so it just kind of interested me a little bit. So I thought I'd ask you just a couple of questions about ferrets. And for the listeners that don't know anything, we'll see how much you know and what we can learn. Do you know a lot about ferrets? No, that's why I had to study up on it. I just read a little bit and I thought this might be a fun thing to mention at the end of our our podcast. I got to be honest. I'm I'm not a big ferret guy. All right. But okay. Do you remember... When the ferret, the ferret kind of came to life, it was a movie. And actually, Gretchen had one before this movie came out. This movie came out in January of 2004. I love this movie, and I love these actors that were in this movie. Do you remember where the ferret, what movie in 2004, the ferret made its appearance? 
I know Boy. some of the listeners are screaming it out right now. No, I, I have no idea. A, 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 a 2004 okay, movie okay. really took a really uh, made yes. a ferret, the ferret industry take off. I have no it idea. Was a pet fear. It was a it was a pet ferret. Along came Polly. Remember uh, the Long King with Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller, Ben yeah. Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. Remember, remember, there was it was a blind ferret. Yeah. And ben Stiller is a nut. He's a nut. I love him. So he'd be the ferret be running through the house and running into is the wall. Is that Philip this Seymour Hoffman is in that too? Yes, I love that movie. And anyway, the ferret's name was Rodolfo. Just okay. FYI. Adolfo. Okay. So, so let me just ask you, like, just a like. I don't think I made it through that one. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, it's a it's a great movie. I bet you Nicole's seen it. Mm, I'll take Nicole that bet. I'll take that bet. Yeah. I bet she hasn't. Okay. All right. All right. Ask her. You ask her. Let me know. Okay? I'll ask her. All right. So, all right. Just a couple of questions. In this is going to be. You can say this is true or false, and then you'll know about ferrets. All right. Ferrets are rodents. Mm, I would have said that they are, but if you're asking me, I bet that they're not. So I'll say false. Well, so tr- false. You're right. They are yeah. not rodents. All right. So, all right. Ferrets. Ferrets should be spayed or neutered. Oh, definitely. True or false? Definitely. Yes. It's true. You're right. Yeah. You all don't right. need more ferrets. Ferrets can live for. Okay. Ferrets can live for 20 years. Yeah, I think that they probably can. Nope. Oh, 10, ten years. years. Five to eight years. Well, five well to then eight that years was kind of a, right. a dirty question that you asked uh, Gretchen about if her ferret was still uh, alive. You know what? <gasps> I, just, I just realized the time frame. I thought that it would have been 20 years because you you were going to ask. But I said, I oh, it must be 20 years because oh, she God. asked if the ferret was still alive. But that was kind of a sore subject all right, all to right. bring up, T-Bird. All right. You know what? You're right. I'm going to have to apologize to her for that. 1,000%. Okay. Ferrets. Ferrets. Ferrets are aggressive. Uh, probably you're not. False. Probably not. False. That, okay. You're right. Yes. False. All right. All right. All right. A couple more. Ferrets are herbivorous. Um, okay. Sure. Or yes. False. No, they're oh, not. Boy. They're carnivorous. They're meat eating. They're meat eating. All right, ferrets sleep five hours a day. Um, I'll say uh, that's true. No false. They sleep eighteen to twenty-two uh, okay. hours a day. So if the boys, if the boys want a pet, it's, this little ferret's gonna sleep most of I the time. You you say, I thought you were gonna say I should have got ferrets instead of kids. Well, <laughs> I'm not touching that. All right, last one. All right. All right, last one. Ferrets can catch the flu from humans. Uh, I'll say that's true. It's true. Yeah. All right, everything you didn't know and you needed to know about ferrets. Yeah. When I was in college, I was uh, renting a house with a bunch of other guys, and I was like really mad that the guy there was like they were they were like subletting my room over the summer because I wasn't going to be up in college till the fall. And the guy who was uh, who had taken over my room for the summer had a pet ferret in there, and I was like incensed that the (laughs) ferret was gonna like uh, make the room like I I didn't want a ferret running all over the room that I was about to move into. Oh, because you know what? Well, I didn't want to say this true or false one, but for one of the things that I read about, it said ferrets are smelly. 
Yeah, I, I so, mean, if you have, yeah, I yeah. think you kind of know when you go to somebody's house and they have a ferret. Well, anyway, yeah. So, so you had a bad, bad experience. I'm not a ferret, ferret. guy. I'm, okay, I'm sure I'm they're a, lovely. You're not a friend of ferrets. Okay, so I've got I, I am say, a pet lover, but I've ferret's a, not my favorite one. You're a pet, but not a parrot. Well, I'm just saying for the boys, if you can get a ferret that sleeps 18 to 22 hours a day, there's not a lot of upkeep. So just an idea yeah. for the boys. Let me run that one past my wife, t Too much upkeep. See? All right. <laughs> Before you do that, ask her if she saw a long time. I'll, I'll do both. All right, so Rob, I've got I've got to thank Mike Berman and Jay Mackey. Mike Berman is the one that found the Bon Jovi concert, the Philly concert that Stephanie. Yeah, I saw that being tweeted about with Bon Jovi. Yeah. Was that the co- that was the coolest thing to find out? So Mike Berman, one of our um one of our fans found that, and Jay Mackey helped me figure it out how I could tweet it out because it was just such an interesting thing. So I wanted to make sure that I said thank you to both of them. Okay. All right, T-Bird. Great job once again. Do you have your next victim already lined up? Or are you uh, oh, getting close? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So, Rob, this is the thing, and I know that people that have been following us know this. You gave me such a short, short, short list. And again, some of you gave me a very short list. And this is what I'm thinking. Right now, so far, we've done females. And I feel like so we can keep our credibility up. So I can keep my credibility up. We need to throw a, a male in here. Now, I know Earl. I know we did Earl or you did Earl. And he was on the list. But since I wasn't kind of, I didn't, since I wasn't active with that one, hands on with that one, I kind of, I count it, but I don't count it. So I, I'm reaching out to these others on the list, but yes, I've got some that are kind of dangling. I'm trying to rope in, kind of like the Gretchen. I've got to kind of, there's a fine line between, like you said, stalking them. So I've got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. I'm All crossing right. the line a little bit. Okay, well, uh, we'll keep working on it. Okay. Yes. So, All yes. Right. yes. All right, Chris, a great job by T-Bird. Thank you so much to uh Gretchen Cordy for uh, being our guest as well on the podcast today. And we hope to have uh, more survivor guests in the future here with you on talking with T-Bird. Of course, the people that make all this possible besides T-Bird are the patrons of Rob as a podcast to find out more about everything that's going on behind the scenes and get access to our secret patron only podcast feed. Head on over to Rob has a website.com slash patron T-Bird. Great job. Once again, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 